Welcome to season two of Step Monster. I'm Bailey and this is Elise. We're two friends who found each other by chance and haven't looked back since. In this podcast, we talk about the highs and lows of what it's like to truly be a stepmom. Grab a drink and join us for this wild ride. All right. Welcome back, ladies. We are really excited to welcome a special guest. Um, you have formerly met my brother. You have also met my stepdad. And today you get to meet the fourth cog in the wheel here of our blended family. And that is my mom. So welcome, mom. Hello. Hi, mom. <laughs> We're so excited to have you on. Thank you. It's going to be fun. And just to note, like, we've had dinner together and drink wine together, so we're all chummy. Yeah, absolutely. We are, are, yes. When Elise was in town, we went to dinner and had a good time. Um, So I wanted to invite my mom on because I think her perspective around blended families is a, a really unique one. So my parents were divorced when I was one. And my dad, one, two-ish, my dad moved overseas when I was four. And I met my stepdad, actually, when I was really young, which I think I talked about on that episode. But he really was like, I mean, I feel like I, I've known him the majority of my life, which is is pretty accurate. But not only that, but when my mom and my stepdad got married, they also had what we call an hours baby, which is my half-brother, who you've also met. So I wanted to bring her on just to kind of get her perspective on the bio mom in that situation. And Elise and I really feel strongly that the way for stepmoms to really get their minds right in their role as a step parent is to have perspective. And that is perspective from all sides, from bio moms that are in blended families, from bio moms that are single moms, from whomever might be interacting with a step parent of any kind so that it can just help you start to build some empathy for people that you might be interacting with at any point in your stepmom journey. So that is what we're going to dive into. So I will start off by asking. I was going to ask you about this picture you sent me. Oh, are you starting? Are you going to start asking her questions? Or can no, we talk we, about this big ass Santa across the we street? We don't have now? to. We can start talking <laughs> the big ass Santa that I sent you. Yeah. Our, so like our two neighbors next to us have what I think is like, do you ever watch like Christmas Vacation and like the Griswolds and like yeah they are competing for like the best house? Our neighbors are doing that except with inflatables. So the two oh. neighbors next to us, one has like a twelve foot Santa, and then the one next to them has, I shit you not, probably nine inflatables. It's insane. I feel like inflatables are kind of cheating. Okay, I totally agree with you. My husband and I are not into the inflatable thing. We have some neighbors that do inflatables, but I, I appreciate the neighbors more that like get the ladder out and go up on the roof and hang the lights. We don't really do anything outside. Although our son just asked me on the car ride home from our movie if we could put lights outside. And I'm like, talk to your dad. I manage the inside. He can manage the outside. He's like, well, what if it rains? It'll be fine, buddy. Trust me. So It'll be fine. We have been like the Grinch family on the street over the last couple of years, and we have not put lights up outside at all. And we're usually like the only ones on our street that does that. So I told my husband this year, I was like, we are putting lights outside. It's going to happen. It needs to happen. I tried to make it happen on Sunday and then the day got away from us and it just, it it didn't happen. But um, yeah, I, I it has to happen. I don't want to be the only people on our block. 
you can't use the weather excuse. At least mine can say, well, it's way too cold because it's like 30 degrees outside. But Well, I mean, outdoor lights are made for weather. They're made to get wet and they're made to handle all temperatures. It's fine. Oh, no, I'm saying the person outside hanging them is going to be freezing. Oh, all right. Well, there's that too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there is that too. All right. Shall we dive in? Yeah, let's dive in. So the first thing that I was wondering if you would talk about was just kind of, you know, you you got divorced from my dad, and then at some point you felt it was a good time to introduce me to my now stepdad. So what was that like thinking about introducing your kid to someone new, and was that weird, and did you overthink it, and how did my, like, did my dad have any weird feelings about you introducing me to another guy? Well, I think initially, you know, when you're divorced with a child, you and you know, you want to get back into the dating world, there you have to kind of consider whether or not they meet your child. So I would say I probably dated several people and uh, you're stepdad was the only person that I introduced you to. And I'm not really sure why. I guess maybe I just had a feeling, but I was very nervous about it because, you know, that's it was you and I. We were just the two of us. And like you said, your dad moved away and I I didn't want to hurt you in any way if the relationship didn't work out and i think so on top of that your dad not knowing what i was doing or what i was dating i i I mean i want to say he really didn't seem to have a lot of interest or concern but i think at the same time too he trusted me that i would make good choices for you and but I don't think we ever really had a conversation about it. Yeah. And so at some point, after I had met my step now stepdad, there was also a scenario where I got shipped shipped on a plane overseas to visit my dad. <laughs> so for those that don't know, my dad lives in Taiwan. He moved there when I was four and has lived there ever since. I have a stepmom there and now two half-sisters. And my very first trip overseas was with my aunt, my dad's sister, and I was four years old. And I could maybe be misremembering this, but I'm fairly certain my now stepmom was there for that first trip. Am I misremembering that? No, she was there. And what were your thoughts about, like, (laughs) me traveling overseas to visit my dad? And then, like, how did you find out that he had a girlfriend? Well... I don't know that I honestly, I don't think he ever told me. I think you told me when you got home. But honestly, I was terrified of you going around the world. (laughs) I can't imagine having a kid that young. And obviously, I was in good hands with my aunt. She's a responsible human and like a lovely person all around. So the risk there was minimal. But also at the time, I mean, this was like early 90s. And Taiwan is such a different country now than it was back then. It just, it's very Americanized now and clean. And I would say even some days safer than the U.S. Um, But the concept of that is terrifying to me. And I wonder if parents who have kids that live in different states 
and you know they're trying to commute back and forth their kids spend summers here and summer there are they dealing with the same thing like anxiousness around travel and what's that household look like and i don't know what what was it like having me spend because i spent most of my summers there growing up and then of course i would come home (laughs) what what was that like reintroduction like Honestly, I was, again, I'm going to say terrified because sending your young child across around the world with no matter who it is, is scary. But as you got older and you started going on the trip alone, uh, you became more confident and everything and how to travel and stuff. And I was still terrified. However, the worst part was when you would come home. <laughs> Which honestly, this is something, so I'm, I'm glad we're touching on this because we hear this a lot. So like, there's a lot of anxiety for stepmoms around what we call transition day. Mm-hmm. And that's either, most of the time, it's the day that the kids come to their house. And most of the reason for anxiety around transition day is because of the vastly different dynamics in households, in rules, in discipline, in literally everything. I mean, kids are going sometimes as often as like, two days on, five days off, two days on, five days off. Like they're they're having to switch households that often. And I mean, I even felt some anxiety with my own stepkids on transition day. Like it's not that bad anymore because my stepson is 17, almost 18 and it's fine now. But when things were really tense and everybody was teenagers and hormones were crazy in our house, the day that they were coming to us was so stressful for me because I didn't know what kid I was getting back. Was it a kid that was <laughs> used to doing whatever they wanted all week or used to their mom catering to their every want and wish and hope? Or was it a kid that was angry? I mean, you never knew what state the kid was coming back in. So, I mean, I can't imagine what what was that like having a kid that was gone for months Three months. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I think somebody who maybe would have a shorter transition period does not have as much time to break all those good or bad habits that they would have at another parent's home. But you were gone for three months. And every single summer when you came home, you were a completely different person. And a lot of times you had grown. You, you know, you had a whole new wardrobe from Taiwan. And I mean, you, you were allowed to do things there that were way different than what we would allow here. So I used to always say, I had to, it took me a whole month to like retrain you (laughs) when you got home. Did she ever yeah. come back with an Asian accent? That would have been entertaining. Uh, no accent, but she was actually, by the time she was probably in her teens, she was fluent in Mandarin. Yeah, and I, awesome. I remember coming back with not an accent, but when you're a foreigner in a country like that, and I I mean, my, my Mandarin now is, is probably pretty bad, pretty rusty, but at the time it was decent enough, but I still was doing like what I call Chinglish, <laughs> Chinese and English, like mixing. And when I did speak English to people there that would want to speak English to me because they knew I was American, it was really broken English. Like it was very simplified English. So I remember coming back and like in my head, I was like, okay, I'm speaking this like really simplified version of my language. <laughs> I, I don't actually need to do that here. Yeah. But it took me a while because even my stepmom, so my stepmom is Taiwanese and she's fluent in English and Mandarin because she was a flight attendant for most of her career. But I still 
felt like I needed to speak simplified English in my home when I was there. So I, it was weird for me to come back and to not have to do that. And it, it took even some retraining in my own brain to be like, okay, I don't actually need to, I don't need to do those things. I think it was the opposite too for your two sisters at some point too, because you wanted them to speak to you in Mandarin, but they wouldn't. They would only speak in English to you. So they, it was kind of the opposite. <laughs> So when Bailey was in Taiwan for the three months, and especially before technology got really good, how did you guys communicate? A lot of times we didn't. And then every once in a while she would call me, but I mean, it was very difficult with the situation there for you to call me. And every once in a while you would call, but I had trouble making calls there. So I would just rely on you. You did call me a few times from some interesting places. Yeah. My dad is in the restaurant business and mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about like two different households. Like I went from like age 14 being allowed to like go to bars and play bartender apprentice and go to nightclubs in Taiwan mm -hmm. to coming home and being a freshman in high school. <laughs> <laughs> not being able to like drive or do anything Whoopsie. or go anywhere like ooh, <laughs> drastic okay, fun for a 14 year old though oh my god i had a blast it was like the best thing ever but i mean that was back in the day where like long distance calling packages were required and you got charged by the minute when you called to and from mm -hmm. and i mean that was the same for me too when i was home and stateside and i i think it was like once a month where i would call my dad and would be able to talk to him but that i mean it was like minutes billing for long mm -hmm. distance, like cross globe calling. So even like trying to coordinate as a co-parent with someone who's so far away, A, how did that work? And then B, how did you share like the cost for travel and things like that? Well, gosh, you know what? I'm trying to remember how did we coordinate it? Cause I wanna say through email would be, was probably most of it unless it was really early on and then we did have to communicate through the phone but bailey's stepmom it was i think she mentioned this a little bit ago she her was a flight attendant so a lot of her travel was covered through that some benefits that they had yeah i flew standby a lot which mm -hmm. most of the time was fine there were a few instances where i got stuck in San Francisco or got bumped from a flight in Phoenix or in Taipei. But for the most part, my flights were free and mm -hmm. I flew standby and, and had a pretty, pretty easy time getting to and from. Well, that's good. But to your point though, the, I can't imagine it was, so my husband went to Germany, I don't know, a couple months ago. And I was like, I was super nervous, like a nervous wreck for him to go, like thinking something bad was going to happen and he was going to be so far away from me. Once he got there, I was a little bit better, but I cannot imagine it being my child, well, especially yeah, not being able I'll to communicate. Say, yeah, it was terrifying. I honestly, I would cry and uh, didn't, you know, sleep well and I'd get anxious if I didn't hear from you for a while and it was, it was very difficult. Yeah, I I can't even imagine. What Shout was out it? to you for doing that. Right, seriously. Your queen. Cheers. Um, so you mentioned before, like, took you a month to retrain me. <laughs> what were the things that you most felt like you had to retrain on? Like, what were the major differences between there and our house that stood out to you? A lot of it was your eating habits. The foods that you ate there were different. You didn't really have meal times. You had someone that cooked for you. 
And so I think you would come home and your taste for food would be completely different. (laughs) And so that was difficult trying to learn, you know, now what did you like to eat? And do you still like the old things that I used to cook or, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, it was your attitude probably was the biggest thing. And I don't know if you mentioned, but when you were in Taiwan, a lot of the time you were with a nanny. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that there was, you know, a lot of discipline there, There not a lot of rules. And when you came home, we tried to continue the rules that we always had set for you. And you had just this attitude of, I can do whatever I want. And it caused a lot of hard hardship in our relationship at mm-hmm. times. And it was, it was a struggle. Yeah, that is most definitely relatable to a lot of people that follow us too, is, you know, there's stricter rules at one household versus the other. And I don't know what it is, but oftentimes I'm, I feel like a lot of people that we talk to and people that we do coaching sessions with are on the stricter side, like mm. the dad and the stepmom are the stricter of the parents. And I think our situation is pretty unique in a, a lot of ways, but it's really hard being the stricter household. I mean, we deal with that now. I think mm-hmm. like my stepson gets away with a lot more at his mom's than he does here. I mean, he would Mm-hmm. never dare to speak to me the way that he speaks to his mom because I'm pretty sure my husband wow. would lose his shit. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of things like she makes him food whenever he wants and she, she I think, does it all from a good place. She wants to, you know, make him happy and try to appease, but the, the backlash that that has in our house when he comes here and there's put your phone in our room at, at nine o'clock every night and he doesn't have to do that there or you know you have a curfew 9 p.m and midnight on weekends and there's just all these these differences between households and when you're the stricter household you definitely get the shit end of that stick i don't come from a blended family and i had a terrible attitude towards my mom just from the ages of like 14 to probably 19. her and That's i about accurate yeah me too but <laughs> heads bad just because i hadn't i just had an attitude i I definitely had an attitude from 14 to 19 is probably a pretty accurate age range. I always tell my stepdaughter that she's 20 and she she and her mom, I think their relationship is getting better, but they still definitely butt heads on occasion. And I always remind her, I'm like, listen, my mom and I were the same. Like it will be a while until you get to the point where you you see eye to eye and where you can develop a friendship. And there will at some point be a shift in that dynamic and it's not the same time frame for everybody but at some point your mom will learn to treat you like an adult and you will learn to respect your mom's opinion a little bit more because you'll know that she's right more often than she's not and that's a, a shift that i mm-hmm. think girls struggle with right like you nobody wants to admit that their mom knows as much as they do you just think you know everything when you're 14 to 19 and the reality is that you just don't. 100% accurate. And I'm sure my mom's listening. So, mom, you are always right. You're also a queen. <laughs> Thank you, Mama Elise. I think the bonus there is that once you get to that age, you become more friends than mother-daughter. Totally. You know? Yeah, I agree. So I'm dying to know, A, have you had the opportunity since they live in Taiwan to meet Bailey's stepmom? And if so, what was that like? I've actually met her several times. Uh, They've come here for vacation. They came to Bailey's wedding. 
they uh I've, I've met her several times and she's very nice and kind and she i think she really did care about you or does care about you yeah she for me when i went there she was definitely never like a mother figure for me she was more a friend like i would go shopping with her she would bribe her friends to let me into the nightclub that they owned <laughs> she <laughs> she you know, was more of just a, yeah, like a friend, not not really a stepmom figure. And every time she tried to parent or tried to force some sort of like disciplinary action on me, I most definitely rebelled. And I mean, my my teenage attitude didn't stop at my mom. It definitely translated over to my stepmom too when I was there. I just didn't, I didn't like to be told what to do. I mean, that I think that's a pretty common thing for a teenager, regardless of whether or not you're a stepmom or a bio mom. And that's that's another thing that I think stepmoms need to remind themselves of is oftentimes we're critical of, well, this is happening to me because I'm a stepmom and they're not listening to me and they hate me because I'm a stepmom or we're, we can't get along because I'm not their real mom. But I think it's important to remember that that stuff doesn't just happen to stepmoms. It happens to... Mm-hmm bio moms and bio parents too. And I even had a girl on a coaching session that I did last week. She was like, I just feel like sometimes I wish that they would grow up faster so that they can be out of the house sooner. But at the same time, I don't want them to grow up. And she's like, I feel like such an awful person for saying that. I'm like, why? I'm like, you don't think bio parents feel that way too? When their kids are being total assholes, they're like, good God, when do you turn 18? And when can you move out? Right. Like that happens, right? Yeah. You know, I honestly, when you were gone for three months during the summer, I I actually felt threatened in a way of, you know, well, what if she's more fun than I am? Or what if they have a better relationship than I do? And I think that kind of played into it too. You know, we'd go all year and then I dread that time when you were going to leave. And then I dreaded when you came back too. Not because I didn't want you to come back, but I just knew it was going to be a challenge. And I really did have those fears of what was your relationship going to be like with her. And, you know, I mean, she had a fun, cool job and, you know, you got to go a lot of places that were cool and mm-hmm. I just always worried what what's that gonna be like yeah I think a lot of bio moms worry about that and to the step moms that are listening I mean when you're when you're trying to put yourself in a bio mom's shoes and trying to figure out you know why does she have this animosity towards me and albeit there are a hundred different reasons why that might be happening but I think a lot of it is what you just said it's mm-hmm. it's a it comes from a place of fear Mm-hmm. And it's a whether it's a fear of abandonment, a fear that they might like the stepmom better, or a fear that they're going to forget about the relationship they have with their mom, like any of those things are relevant. So I think just understanding and hearing, I mean, from a bio mom now, what that feels like is really relevant and really important to just kind of keep in the back of your mind. Yeah. And I always thought too, like, well, what if at some point she comes to me and says, I want to move there, which you actually did contemplate that at one point. I did. You did. You were like 18, 19, where your dad was going to get you a job. My dad was trying to convince me to Mm -hmm. take a gap year after I graduated high school and spend time in Taiwan Mm -hmm. teaching English, which I would have made a lot of money and would have been a great experience for me. But I also was like, ah, it's just a lot to think about. Mm. 
Like, can you imagine 18 moving to a foreign country? I also, like, deep down was worried that I would do what my dad did and I would move there and not ever want to come back. Me too. The look on your mom's face, honestly, I wish everyone could see it. She's like, oh, I I could tell you don't even like thinking about when she was thinking about that. Uh, It was rough. Double terrifying. Although that would be cool to live somewhere out like in a different country for a year. Yeah, sure. Would have been an interesting experience, no doubt. But I just, I don't know. It was a big commitment. I think I had a boyfriend at the time. And <laughs> that, of course, weighed into every deciding factor in my life, which in exactly. hindsight, I wish I wouldn't have been the case. But here what we are. What do you mean? We didn't marry our high school sweethearts? Thank mm-hmm. God we didn't marry our high school sweethearts. Jesus. One of my ex-boyfriends listens, which is super creepy. And shout out to him. Glad we didn't get married, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh my that's god awesome. shout out to I'm evil. this evil. will be awkward <laughs> maybe i'll stop listening then perhaps i mean if this doesn't make you cringe while you're listening to it i'm not really <laughs> sure what will elise do you have any more questions i mean i have a million questions but um i guess my other question about the stepmom and the interaction. So when you first met her, was the conversation strained or was it just, I mean, I feel like it's different when they live in a different country and you know you're not going to have to see her that often um, versus like having to see them twice a week. Yeah, I agree. I I think I think I actually met your sisters at one point before I met their mother. Yes, you did. My two half sisters who yeah. I adore. And so I really got to know the girls and I liked them a lot. And I thought, oh, okay, well, the mom can't be that bad. And I honestly, she, I didn't think she was. Mm-hmm. I, I thought she was nice and she never talked a lot, but I think um, she was very nice. And I, I try to like everybody. I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And I wanted us all to get along and have a relationship and be able to be in the same room or at your wedding or, you know, everybody at the same time and be comfortable with that. So I just try, I, I can't say I know her very well, but I just tried to be nice and make conversation and... How did you feel about your communications with uh, Bailey's dad? How did like how did all of that go? I'm sure there were stressful times, but how did you manage uh, all that? Yeah, well, <laughs> I can't say we communicated a lot, except when it came to <laughs> I don't know. We can edit this out if you want to, but whatever you want, I, unless it came to the paying the child support. Because he was in another country, uh, the courts couldn't take that out of his paycheck. So he, I had to rely on him to, you know, FedEx me a check every month. Or he would send me three checks for three months in a row, and then he would do another one. But there were several times where I had to reach out and try to connect with them and, you know, say, hey, what's, what's going on? <laughs> but other than that, I would say we never really communicated. So... Yeah, I mean, that makes it easier because you're not in the day-to-day like, hey, I've got to take her to the doctor's appointment. Are you available? Um, Or what all that looks like. But And now I'm kind of curious. So you had, um, I assume you had some sort of court order in the States, but with him being in a different country, like how is that upheld? And what's the obligation if he just would have said, I can't afford to pay you that or I can't, I'm not going to pay you anything just because I'm going to be an asshole and not pay? 
like, would you had would have had any repercussions? I don't think so. I think if I wanted to, you know, spend my money on a lawyer and file charges or something, I think there's the deadbeat dad <laughs> law or whatever it is out there. But I, I, I guess I could have done that if I needed to. But you really just had to, or I had to just trust him. He didn't. Yeah, he I would say so. Let you down for the most part. He paid for the most part, part, he paid. Well, and that would be hard, <clears throat> just from a planning perspective. Like if he's just randomly sending you checks, like you're not going to know when you're going to get it or what the amount's going to be for the frequency. That would be difficult. So, yeah, adding a different country to the mix complicates everything. I w would not recommend. Zero out of 10. Don't do that to your kids. Yeah. I would imagine it would be similar if they were in a different state, but maybe not quite as easier to mail Drastic. things between states. Mm -hmm. I can mail Elise a Christmas card. I won't, by the way. I'm not doing Christmas cards this year, so don't expect one. It's <laughs> the <laughs> same. I have way too much going on. I just asked um, my husband tonight. I was like, are you going to be mad at me if I don't do Christmas cards this year? And he was like, absolutely not. That's way too much work. Although I probably should because like, at least to my family, because I like my grandparents still like it, getting that stuff, but mm, we'll see. Um, okay, last question involving the stepmom. And this is kind of more advice for stepmoms. So as a as a bio mom, what are some things that you think stepmoms should be cognizant about um in communicating with the the mom and um just like general first introductions and do's and don'ts? Well, I just try not to have as I think well, thinking back, I should say, I, I tried not to have as many expectations, but I think just keep in mind that we all love the same person and we're all doing the best we can. And maybe we don't have the best relationship or we don't communicate as well as we should have, but it's all, we all still have the best interest, I think. I completely agree with that. And I think Another thing that I have to remind myself of and, and kind of forgive myself a little bit that, you know, I'm not perfect as a parent. I'm not perfect as a stepmom. And I think every parent feels that way. And, and we always <clears throat> kind of hold that guilt of, are we doing the right things? Um, even today, like I was in the car with my son and we passed by the, we're looking to see if they have the Santa mailbox out um, downtown. And we were at a stoplight and he like went to try to open his door. And I'm like, buddy, you cannot open your door when I'm in a stoplight. Well, it scared him, but I was scared because I'm like, I don't want you to get out of the car and get hurt. And so I had to like backtrack and, you know, apologize and let him know why I reacted the way that I did. But I think as step parents, it's different because you react as you would as a parent would but then you have to remember that it's it's a different dynamic. So again, you know, to what you said, we all want to love the same person, but it's just sometimes the the dynamic is different. And I think forgiving ourselves and forgiving others for mistakes that are made is important. Exactly. There's going to be mistakes for sure. <laughs> but yeah, we all have the same common goal. Well, thank you for joining us. This is fun. <laughs> Again, I think a part of the part of the benefit is, you know, just involving different people with different perspectives in hopes to give 
people that are in a stepmom situation or even stepdad situation, just a little bit more eye-opening information that might help them frame their own mindset a little bit to be more empathetic towards what other people are going through and what other people are dealing with in any sort of blended family situation. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You know how to get a hold of us, but it's stepmonsterpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would totally appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts and a subscribe. And you can reach out to us on Instagram. As always, our DMs are open. Stepmonster Podcast. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.